welcome to Bravo Team, our second G.I. Joe show looking at all the secondary G.I. Joe material. I am your host, Aaron Moss, codenamed Brotherhead. On this show, I'll either be by myself or have other guest hosts joining me looking at all the G.I. Joe material out there. We'll be covering things like the toys, the Action Force comic, the European Missions comic, the movies, G.I. Joe Renegades, or anything else that is not G.I. Joe, a real American hero comic, or the 80s cartoon. Come, join us on our mission to stop Cobra from taking over the world. Yo, Joe. Hey, Joes. Welcome to our second episode of Bravo Team, my newest show where we look at things that's outside of the regular G.I. Joe continuity, if you will. Uh, again, to me, the G.I. Joe continuity is the Real American Hero series and also the cartoon we look at on a monthly basis. Uh, this show, we're going to look at whatever I pick out to look at. It'll, it'll be random. Maybe the toys, maybe the IDW series, maybe the movies. Who knows? Uh, this month, we're not going to look at any of that. Uh, this month... I was trying to decide what to do. I was speaking with Brad, and Brad had a great suggestion. So what we're going to do, we've talked about this on and off uh, as I introduce people, but we're going to take this month to take a look at each of our, our Joes on the show here and find out a little bit about their their comic book uh, G.I. Joe love, how they fell in love with G.I. Joe, uh, maybe some of the best moments, best things they've, they've liked out of G.I. Joe over the last uh, 30, 40 years, I guess 30 years. Man, it's not too great right now, but uh, so let's go ahead and I heard someone there doing the math in their head. <laughs> carry the one. So let's go ahead. And, that's right, I messed up. I forgot to carry the one. Let's tell you who I've got on the show today. Uh, we got Brad A. We've got Kevin Reitzel, and we have some other guy sitting there drawing. Uh, oh, Jer- Jared Albrecht, the yard sale drawer guy. <laughs> Welcome aboard, guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Uh, now let's go ahead and. Get some thoughts from uh, Brad. Give us your G.I. Joe origin and love. And I guess there's a difference for me uh, between, say, discovering G.I. Joe and falling in love with it. I discovered it when I think a lot of us of this certain age and demographic did, which is in the spring of, I guess it was 1982, when the first commercials aired for uh, the original seven or eight of them. Um, um, we were still... Um, uh, away a year away from another Star Wars movie, so the pickings in the toy aisle were pretty sparse, as I recall. And uh, Joe just kind of filled that need. Um, I think uh, kind of like uh, the Black Hole and Battlestar Galactica and uh, and uh, what was the other one? Buck Rogers did in the seventies between say Star Wars and Empire. G.I. Joe, in, in, I guess in, in my mind at the time, and a lot of people's minds was just okay. Another thing's going to pop up before another Star Wars movie uh, comes in. And I, when I saw them in the department store oil, I managed to convince my mom to get me a few of them. Um, I got Breaker, I got Grunt, I got Snake Eyes. And I played with them and I had fun with them, but I don't think I really dug d- dug them that much. Um, or They didn't really make a huge, huge impression on me. They were just something new to play with. Uh, I think because we had just moved to a new city and were waiting to get settled, uh, which meant we were living in a hotel at the time. And all my toys were on the moving van being trucked across the country so i didn't really have any toys to play with so my mother probably said oh it'll shut them up for a few minutes and i'll give them a few toys to to, to occupy them with and so I, I had those few but that was it from the first that first wave that i got you know, i just must have just gone to other things uh but it wasn't until i guess a year later it was 1983 when i really 
fell in love with uh, the G.I. Joe, the toy line at least. And I think the entire Joe line owes an unpaid debt to George Lucas for that and for its legacy because we all knew going in that Return of the Jedi was going to be the last Star Wars movie. They were never going to make another Star Wars movie. Ha ha. Uh, how little did we know at that time? But this was going to be it. They said, you know, after Return of the Jedi, there's no more Star Wars, which meant no more new Star Wars toys, which frankly wasn't the worst news because I don't think I'm alone in thinking that the Return of the Jedi toys kind of over, uh, underwhelmed, especially after Empire Strikes Back. Uh, you know, there's more of a focus on Ewoks and Jabba's Palace uh, than on Rebels versus Empire, which was kind of the core conflict of that saga. And I think where Joe really took the reins was it centered on Joe versus Cobra, which filled that need. It was new. It just got underway. Star Wars was ending. G.I. Joe was just uh, getting started. And where Star Wars was re- resolved is the story. G.I. Joe was kind of an open book. But uh, as far as the actual moment, um, when the music swelled and it became love at first sight... Uh, it would have been the first uh, Joe miniseries in September of 83 uh, when that aired because I remember that being a big event at the schoolyard uh, that day. I only heard about it from a classmate the day the first one was supposed to air. So when I got home, there was this big mystery about whether my friend was talking out of his ass or not. But then at four, four o'clock, they were, there, there it was. And those of us who had VCRs at the ready, we could tape the miniseries and watch it over and over and over again. And, that's what we did, commercials at all. And after that, I really had a vested interest in the toy because the cartoon sort of filled in that gap, I think, that had been missing prior to that because uh, I wasn't reading the comics at the time. But all of a sudden, I knew what the characters sounded like and looked like in motion. Uh, I knew how the vehicle sounded and how the laser rifle sounded and what G.I. Joe was about. If you hadn't read the comic and all you really knew was Joe good, Cobra bad, it kind of had to be that moment for me because... It, it kind of gave you a context and gave you scenes that I guess you could act out with your toys and play with your toys. And for me, it has to be that one because come Christmas that year, remember this is Return of the Jedi 1983 year, um, I didn't get a single Star Wars toy under the tree. It was all Joe stuff. It was all, I think it was the Mobot, the Vamp, and the uh, Headquarters. So I really cleaned up that Christmas. And you know, for me, that was kind of it for the next few years anyway. I had Transformers later, which were cool, but they didn't really hold a candle to Joe. Because while both were fantastical properties, Joe felt a little more part of our world because of the file cards. Just seeing what state or city a Joe was from really gave you a grounding that the other toy lines didn't really have. They were all kind of set in a fictional world, a fictional universe. Ours, the Joe, the Joe Galaxy universe, whatever you want to call it, was sort of grounded in our own reality to just maybe just a little left of center for that. Um, so, yeah, that was, I think it was that miniseries, that moment that kind of dropped the penny for me and made me a fan. Very nice. And let's move over to Kevin. Kevin, when did you first fall in love with G.I. Joe? Uh, Santa Barbara, California, 7-Eleven comic spindle rack. Saw G.I. Joe number one sitting on that rack there. And uh, that was before I discovered our local comic book shop, too. Picked it up there. And uh, it, the I don't have that original issue anymore. I had bought uh, copies again uh, with you know back copies and back issues and stuff like that. Because you know, I didn't know how to... I didn't know the rule. I didn't know how to take care of comics back then. Uh, and I remember my first... Uh, I remember uh, when the toys first c- were starting to come out. I remember my first uh, one was um, Grunt. And the reason why I got Grunt was because he looked like your typical soldier should look like. And I thought that was kind of cool. 
Uh, but eventually I started collecting that whole series and uh, I remember getting upset with uh, the thumbs started breaking when I started putting guns in their fingers and their hands and stuff like that. I remember that. And then when they introduced the swivel arm battle grip, I thought that was the most genius thing ever. And I still think it is. Followed along with the TV series. Absolutely loved it. I remember um, that, for, you know, you, you talking about how the first miniseries was was a big event. And I remember that. It was a big event. It was a big deal. And uh, Pyramid of Darkness, though, that one's, that's my favorite miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I played with my G.I. Joes in private because I was uh, getting out of grade school and going into junior high. And it was not cool to do that. Otherwise, I'd get my butt kicked. And so I collected in private and uh, played in private and uh, did that for many, many years. Enjoyed the cartoon series and stayed with it even in reruns after school. After school, I'd come home. It was uh, G.I. Joe. It was Transformers, Robotech, Thundercats. You know, you name it. I was watching it. And oh, Spectre Gadget, too. I remember that. And uh, but as the 90s were approaching and we were getting uh, neon and bright colored Joes, I started to lose interest. I did collect the comics though all the way through to the very end at number 154 uh and then i kind of let gi joe go for a while as i got into music and other interests and stuff and but i still had all my comics i put them in uh sleeves and in long boxes and stuff and uh kept them in my my dad's garage and just kind of forgot about them for a while until uh you know i, I kind of always kind of would jump back in and kind of see i watched the gi joe i knew that when when the newer series were coming out i kind of looked at them a little bit but i didn't really i didn't get the same feel and nostalgia uh when they were kind of starting to redo it but it really wasn't until uh the later 2000s you know including the, the newer movies and stuff and then of course um re- more recently uh with learning about the G.I. Joe Finest group, the costume group, which, you know, I kind of found out by mistake when uh, a bunch of a bunch of friends of mine, one year at Dragon Con here in Georgia, we were deciding, well, what do you guys want to do next year? We're like, well, let's do, let's do like lower level B tiered, you know, G.I. Joes, you know? And so I said, well, I've always liked Shipwreck, so I'll do Shipwreck. And then my other buddy did chuckles and then my other buddy did uh, uh sergeant slaughter and uh i posted a picture on uh, the facebook page of uh, dragon con and then one of the guys you guys got to come to our sh- photo shoot on sunday at dragon con and that kind of changed my life and and found out a bunch of others that liked it as well and then uh to then there was this i was like you know what you know, I started getting into podcasting and started listening to podcasts. I'm like, I wonder if there's a G.I. Joe podcast. Let me check it out. Oh, my God, there he is. Yay. And I was such a nerd. I think I sent a picture to your Facebook group or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love your shipwreck. I love your major blood. Like I said uh, before, my favorite one you've done is the, the Cobra Commander, the retro Cobra Commander, as you call them. That one's a fan favorite. A lot of people really like that one. So, But it's... It's more the community that I enjoy more than anything else, and uh, I love going back and uh, revisiting these uh, these comics as well. And and the toys, I I just can't collect the toys like I used to. But on, I just want to mention though, I had a really big scare. My dad's garage caught fire a few years ago. And he called me on the phone saying, you know, all your stuff is uh, was in there. Some of it survived. Some of it has not. And I have not had a chance to go through it. So the, I, when I went out to visit him last, I was very happy to say that my G.I. Joe comic survived. There was a little bit of uh, soot damage on the top. 
but luckily I had all I had to do was just rebag all the comics. My figures, however, there were some that that uh, um, got soot damage and could not be repaired. Some of them were okay, but most of them were not, unfortunately. I'm very happy that the comics survived. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's a just. I, I did want to say on a side note is I did enjoy Transformers, but I cannot stand the gi joe transformers crossover i don't think those worlds should come together i think they need to be put aside separately so i was i was not a fan of that crossover whatsoever that was a fan of the first one which we'll talk about some other point but yeah it was a fan of the later on and and they've been talking about doing a shared hasbro universe with Mm -hmm. visionaries and gi joe and mask and transformers and i i agree with both you guys don't Keep them separate. I, I said I didn't mind the original crossover, but yeah, I didn't care for the rest. And I just, I feel they work each work better in their own separate universe because they each yeah. have their own different fantasy aspect, if you will. And I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah. I agree. I, one other thing I did want to mention was even though I wasn't a fan of a lot of those '90s GI Joes because of all the bright colors and stuff like that, it has been entertaining with fellow finest gi joe costume members that they've been going back and like pulling from those joes and making costumes out of them it's been a lot of fun to kind of because i would look at these joes going who's that and then they would tell me and that part of it has been very entertaining to at least go back because you know everyone does the snake eyes and the shipwrecks and stuff like that but when you can go find like a really obscure gi joe and do it well uh it's very entertaining yeah and jared how, how did you find G.I. Joe Love? I prefer Mask. <laughs> okay. And quickly moving on. <laughs> I enjoy Mask too. But I, I do too, but um, to answer that Joe question. Podcast, not Mask. Uh, okay. All right. I'll answer the question. Um, you've had my brother Jason on a couple of episodes, and it pretty much comes from him. Jason's five years older than me. So in 82, I would have been six. Jason would have been 11. <clears throat> So so J- you me I've got the wrong Albert on here. Yeah, you okay, pretty so much did. Connect. Let's get Jason on the phone. <laughs> we probably should because my origin story is tied to his. He got into Joe, and when you got a brother who's five years older than you, you kind of idolize everything they do. You think everything they think is cool is cool, and so I just naturally said, "Oh yeah, this GI Joe is cool." And and Jason really got into it. Speaking for him, I think because we are the son of a soldier. Our dad's a soldier, so it just kind of made sense. And it's as a parent now, you know, when I buy toys for my kids, deep down inside, you want to buy them stuff that you think is cool. So I'm certain there was a factor in there of my dad going, oh, yeah, this stuff's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) They want to play with soldiers, then by all means, you know. Because up until then, we had the little plastic army men. You know, everybody had tiny little plastic army men. And so that's really where it came in. I remember the... The, I was in first grade, I think, when that miniseries came out and all the school chatter. I think Brad mentioned the school chatter of miniseries, you know. Oh, yeah. You had to, you know, get on your bike and haul ass home because you got to get this thing on. I had a 13-inch black and white TV in my room, <laughs> rabbit ears, and uh, we tuned in to see that. Uh, but when it comes to you break it down into its component parts of the toys and the cartoon and the comics, I am much more of a toys guy. I... I Saw the cartoon, okay, that's cool. Like you said, it kind of gave it a voice uh, more so. gave you a little more depth to what you were playing with. And then the comics, Jason was much more into comics. I was sick, so I wasn't reading as much. Jason's reading the comics. So they were cool to me. I've read them, but not a huge part of it. I'm all about the toys. 
And then much like I believe Kevin was saying, that sort of ebbs and flows into your life at certain times. I'm, I'm really into the toys until I'm about 13. Then I start kind of falling out of the toys and I don't pay much attention to anything in high school. I'm out of comics and toys and stuff. Then you get to college and I don't know about you guys, but you get that college age and then you start kind of wanting to get your childhood back again. You start thinking, oh, that was cool. This was cool. And I worked at a store that sold comics specifically back issues we weren't in a new comics it was a store called the heart of dixie military surplus guns knives comic book store i'll say that again the heart of dixie guns knives military surplus and comic book store guess which section i worked in and so i'm getting this rekindled love for comics which i got a lot from my friend delvin uh, the dark web williams uh he he got me back into comics so now it's converging again i'm like oh look, i'm into comics and there's those joe comics i remember having those as a kid but i didn't really read them so now i've surged on comic a few years later now i'm in the military and i make a good buddy of mine who's all into yard sailing as you know, I'm the yard sale artist, not the yard sale drawer guy. But, but, uh, and so we start yard sailing. What, I st- what do I start finding at yard sales? The toys again. And so now I'm just, I'm all in on recollecting these toys. I, I go back home and, hey, I want my old toys, mom and dad. And I find the ones I had. And, and that continues to this day. Uh, I am much more toy centric than comic or cartoon centric. Although I really have learned to love and enjoy the comics. And the cartoon is something that never is still, I, you know how I watch it and I make my silly notes. I was never into it as a kid, probably because we lived in Germany. And I don't think that was one of the select cartoons we were getting at the time because we only had one channel. So, again, it's three pieces, toys, comics, and cartoons. I'm a toys guy first, then probably comics, and then cartoons. But then now, you know, we've moved in past my military career. Now I'm in my art career. And now, just like Kevin said, podcasting. Oh, and now I'm podcasting with with Pat, and Pat's like, "Hey, there's a GI Joe show." Okay, I'll check that out, and well, now here we are. So that's the shortest version I can give you, but it just kind of hits. It keeps hitting at certain times, and over and over throughout my life. So it never never truly goes away. I, I just want to mention too. I think one of the things that when I realized that my GI Joe fandom or fondness for it really never left was when i went to my first gi joe convention and i think that was in uh when i was living in virginia for i was it from 1999 to 2005 i I just kind of came across it because i was working for a game company out there and and that the joe con that kind of traveled from city to city was there and i went to that just out of a fluke and i was really kind of excited to, to see a bunch of those old toys and, and mm-hmm. stuff and they had a bunch of 12 inch stuff too which i had no interest in and it was kind of funny to see the division between the 12 inch collectors and the three and three quarter inch collectors um yeah and then i remember uh, going to my second one in atlanta um when i moved here i think it was in 2007 and that was a lot of fun i got to meet roddy piper which was great and uh and then i uh, was fortunate enough to go to the last one um the official one last year uh in uh, chattanooga which was a lot of fun yes i agree cons do bring it back because you see those old toys laying around yeah and toy uh toy land toy Toylanta recently here in Atlanta, which is dubbed jo- uh, Lanta, is a great place to go for a lot of GI Joe stuff. It's 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 a lot of fun. 
Definitely, definitely. The only other thing I'll add is somebody mentioned crossovers into Transformers and not liking it. I'm kind of with you on that. My favorite crossover that I've ever seen is I really dig the G.I. Joe Street Fighter crossover. Uh, those comics are always fun <laughs> to me because they also did the figures so they in the same that. styles. Because I, I have Street Fighter figures with my Joe collection because they just fit. Yeah. So I dig that crossover. I don't know how you guys feel about G.I. Joe and Street Fighter. So never... Never did see that. Yeah. I'm really seeing that. Yeah, I'm not a huge street. I mean, I played the video game once in a while, but I wasn't a huge fan of Street Fighter. So, yeah, it doesn't do anything for me. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, I was a big game game guy, too. So, I guess just, it sits in my wheelhouse. Just one note, too, on the conventions. Uh, Joe Fest in Augusta, Georgia every year. Uh, it'll be July. No, June 21st and 22nd in Augusta, Georgia. is kind of trying to become the new Joe Con. They have Larry Hama there, uh, as well as a bunch of the voice guys and, and stuff like that, uh, including um, several of the... Uh, the wrestler guy, sorry, Sergeant Slaughter is going to be there, but uh, they're getting bigger and bigger. And so, if you're interested in checking out a cool little Joe Con, uh, check that out, Joe Fest. That is not far from where I live, so I might have to get in on that, dude. There you go. Very nice. I will be there one of these years. <laughs> one of these years, <laughs> I'm going to make it somewhere. <laughs> well, then you could go to like Dragon Con, and it's so massive. Kevin and I are there every year. We've never seen each other. I know it's insanely huge. Or maybe I'm just avoiding you. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, wait a minute. I, I have a fixed location. You. I just realized I'm in a fixed location. <laughs> oh crap! There's that Sorry, Jared guy. I'm gonna go this other way. I <laughs> uh, like to go to one of these one of these years. I don't know. The wife's talking about wanting to go down San Diego, but it's as crazy as it is. Yeah, we'll try to do like a Dragon Con one of these years or something. Just takes money, but. uh but yeah, I'm, I'm slightly older than you guys. I, I was born in 69, so I've always... Well, I never collected comics when I was younger. I know growing up, uh, this friend of my grandmother's that watched me and my brother a lot, uh, her name was Lila, she had a bunch of like old like Archie and Richie Rich and Casper comics. I'd read her those comics when I was at her house, but I never actually bought any. Uh, Star Wars came out, as I think Brad mentioned. I had all the Star Wars figures from the first two movies. Uh, by the time I was getting 13, I was more getting into video games. I had the Atari 2600. I had the Intellivision. Around that time, 82, 83, my mom had got me, uh, was getting me video games. I watched the G.I. Joe cartoon when it came out. I wasn't really aware of the figures or the comics at the time. I remember seeing the occasional advertisement for the comic on the TV. But yeah, at the time, I, I really loved the cartoon. I watched it, like you guys said, from the beginning. Uh, I didn't have a... I say a lot of uh, comic book friends or geek friends. I didn't have a lot of friends to begin with, but no one I really talked to in school was into G.I. Joe, so I didn't have that playground chatter that you guys talked about. But I just found it on my own, and yeah, I enjoyed Transformers, uh, Mask, uh, Thundercats, that whole lineup that Kevin was talking about earlier. But yeah, G.I. Joe out of those was one of my favorites. I don't know if I fell in love with it. Part of me did. Then, like I say, I had all the Star Wars figures from the first two movies. Uh, then in 84, we had a house fire. We lost everything. Oh, so I lost man. all my Star Wars figures. If I would have had any Joe stuff, I would have lost it at that point. Her house was devastated. Uh, and then, so I, said I wasn't in, I was watching the cartoon still. And then, as I've talked about in the past, in, let me see, the house fire was in 84. So in 80, the summer of 85 and 86, I believe it was, my grandparents, uh, we've got relatives, like I'm in California, we got relatives in Nebraska. So I went out with my grandparents to Nebraska to visit my uh, visit my grandfather's brother, 
And while we were there, we went to another town in Nebraska where I guess my cousins were living. And I had a cousin that was a couple years younger than me. His name was Brad. He had a bunch of, he had a couple of the comics. He had, it was like issue 32 or 33, somewhere in there. Maybe it was, I forget which, the, the one with the uh, the dreadnoughts on the cover invading the Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. I remember reading that one there. And he had a bunch of the toys. And that's where I fell in love with the toys because we play, we go down to his basement among the dead bodies. I mean, uh, down the basement, he had a bunch of, like, he had a bunch of the action <laughs> figures and vehicles. So we'd play with them down there. And that's when I started, you know, these are really cool. So that's when I started getting into the figures, started buying all the action figures. And as I've talked about before, uh, it was like a year or two later, We, I was with my mom. She was having some lunch with some friends. And after I got done eating, I went next door. Because right next to the restaurant we were in, there was a Thrifties. So I went next door to the Thrifties, was looking around, waiting on them to finish up. And I was looking at the comics. You hadn't really bought any comics. I'd always been a superhero fan. I'd watch all the cartoons, the TV shows, you know, the Batman 66 series and reruns and all this stuff. But I'd never gotten any of the comics. I'd pick up the occasional comic at yard sales, I'd see, but nothing off the newsstand. Well, I'm there looking, and there on the newsstand was uh, G.I. Joe 58, the one of Cobra Commander Reborn, Cobra Commander the Battle Armor, standing in front of the bed with a body in the bed. Again, I love the G.I. Joe cartoon. I'm like, Cobra Commander Reborn. So I thought maybe that's Cobra Commander in the bed, and this was showing that he was re-risen as part machiners. I wasn't sure what was going on with the, the battle armor at the time. i got to pick this up. It's an, I, I like Cobra Commander. He's an interesting character. Pick this one up. And at that point there, that's when I fell in love with the comic. I picked up that one. And then right around the same time, there was uh, I picked up the previous one also. I remember picking up that one right after that. But then around, I forget if it was before or after, there was a uh, another store, uh, Kmart. They had those three packs of comics. And there was one, and it had it showed issue fifty one with the Thunder Machine. On the back side was issue fifty five unmaskings, and then in between them was fifty three. I saw the unmaskings, and you know they're showing Cobra Commander and Destro and Snake Eyes all pulling their, their masks off. And again, as a fan of the cartoon, I'm like, oh, they're gonna find me what they look like. I've got to get this pack. Well, anyone that's read them. <laughs> Anyone who's read those issues knows that we don't get an actual look at what they look like, but... I remember seeing those when I was becoming a comic snob. I'm like, those are like fourth prints, fourth reprints, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's before I got into comics per se. So yeah, I didn't realize that, and I'm like, I'm going to have to pick these up. These look interesting. But yeah, so that's when I... Well, I, th- I fell in love with G.I. Joe at that point. By- so by then, I was like, picking up the toys. I was watching the cartoons and reruns. I was uh, reading the comics. And I remember the cartoon after G.I. Joe the movie, uh, there was the three or five episode, uh, the Dragonfire episode, which I guess is the first of the Dick or whatever, or Deke. And I-, I recorded that and watched it. And then I didn't see more. I didn't see the rest of the series. The My, my local Fox stopped carrying it. So I never saw any of the rest of the, the, the Deke cartoons. Around 89, 90, I moved out of my mom's house. I didn't have room for all the toys. So I started, and unfortunately, as I've talked about over on the, the face uh, G.I. Joe Canada Facebook group I'm on, uh, that's when I started getting rid of most of my toys just because I needed money to move out and I didn't have the room for them, which to this day I still regret. I, I miss those figures. But, but yeah, I, I, so I kind of... Well, I wasn't out of G.I. Joe. I still read the comic. Then when they stopped the comic, they have new interpretations. They had the G.I. Joe Extreme. 
Uh, oh, G.I. Joe, I gotta check this out. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, Sigma 60 wants to be later on. Oh, new G.I. Joe. So, oh, Sigma 60 looks like, oh, check this out. Oh, okay, never mind. Toys are cool. Uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I didn't really get back in. I was waiting for something good to come out. And then as I read the IDWs, the uh, Devils Do, all these other series that came out. They were really interesting. And then. Yeah, at some point I discovered podcasts. Uh, me and my wife was watching uh, Comic Book Men, and they talked about podcasts on there. And I was like, "You were listening to them?" And now I, I figured podcasts, from what I seen, were you know talk radio, you know Rush Limbaugh and other blowhards I didn't want to hear about. So never really got into it. So that's when I opened up my Apple Podcast. Well, let me check this out, and I started looking for podcasts. And I found a GI Joe one that was coming out somewhat regularly, and then it. it Slow down to a trickle, and then it stopped altogether. Uh, and they got to like issue four thirty or forty or something like that. I'm like, well, I, I love GI Joe, and I'd started my own. I went to a, uh, a Kevin Smith. Uh, they were showing the uh, groovy cartoon movie they did, and they were showing up in San Francisco. So uh, a coworker took me. We went and watched that. And during that, Kevin Smith had said, you know, well, you guys got a mission for the next year. Your homework for the next year, you know. At the time, he was heavily broadcasting, or not broadcasting, promoting people to start their own podcast. You know, it's relatively free. No one can stop you at this point. Go on and do it. So, in the next year, I started doing Head Speaks and my Task Force X podcast. And that was about the same time I discovered the G.I. Joe one. I got a couple on the back issue, back episodes of that G.I. Joe podcast. I forget the name of it now. But, uh, I say it ran out, and it had been like a year or two since I had another episode out. I'm like, well, I guess maybe they pod faded. They're done. I like GI Joe, and that's when I started talking with uh, Ryan and uh, Kyle Benning about GI Joe, and that's when I decided to start doing this very show here. And that's when I met you guys. You know, you guys each wrote in. Or <laughs> I got a funny story, real quick. I wanted to say was when when you started doing your uh, podcast. I remember you were probably on episode like three or four. I think it was. And Kyle and I were starting the Fandom Podcast Network. This was back in like 2000, early 2016. We were talking about it in 2015. <laughs> and I remember we had you on for our epic G.I. Joe special. Yes. And we didn't really like understand like how long is too long. <laughs> we, had, we had that podcast like go like three and a half hours long. <laughs> we, we got some feedback about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I feel as far as a podcast, it needs to be as long as it needs to be. Uh, you get some that's shorter, you get some that have to be longer for whatever reason. Uh, but that's me. But that was a fun time. I enjoyed talking to you guys on that episode. Uh, again, thank you for having me on there. But but yeah, that's 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 where my I say at this point, I don't have. I've got the my wife got me the 25th anniversary Cobra Commander, which I'm looking at on my shelf. My wife got me the, which is still in the package. My wife got me that one. Very nice. Oh, very cool. Nice. So that's the only actual figure I have at this point for G.I.J. I've got some Star Wars up on my shelf. That 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 Cobra one that you have there, uh, they kind of reissued those. And uh, I remember I got, um, what was it? Uh, I got a Blood one. I got a Snake Eyes one and a Shipwreck one. And I made sure I got Larry Hama to sign those because those are really good reissues. Yeah, very nice. That's that's one I've ever seen. I didn't see. I didn't see the rest of these at the store. I might have got the Serpentor. I like the Serpentor one. But and then I recently picked up some of the uh, 
little blind bag G.I. Joe's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. I've, got, yeah, I've, got, I've, I've been wanting to get the, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, the Major Blood, but I don't feel like, you know, buying a bunch of the other ones. <laughs> yeah, you've get you got to pick, and yeah. Uh, one, thing, one thing I did with uh, when the 25th anniversary line came in, they're, unfortunately they're all in our storage locker, so I don't have a chance to bring them out, but I, I kind of went on an eBay spree of buying the carded figures that never had an original release. Right. Um, like a lot of them were re, you know, re revamped versions of the old ones, but these would have been new ones. These would have been Cobra Bazooka Soldier, Cobra uh, Paratrooper, uh, the Baroness as she appeared in the pre-black leather look of the comics in the uh, cartoon, the Red Ninja. I always wanted there to be a Red Ninja from Silent Interlude, and they, they did a Red Ninja eventually. So I had a bunch of those just sitting in the blister packs uh, not sure what I'm going to do with it, whether I take them out and pose them somewhere or if I put them up in my office, like so I'm sitting and working and living in a toy store and you know, seeing all these amazing toys that they never uh, released originally, but you kind of wish they had. So, uh, you know, nice. I think I think it's kind of that something about the Joe toy line that for a lot of us, it kind of becomes that eternal thing that's always with you, that little bit of pop cultural ephemera that you just kind of hang on to. Everybody's got their little yeah. hobbies for collecting and things like that. But I think it was just something about the, the Joe line and just everything right down to the uh, box art was always oh, yeah. so compelling. It wasn't just a picture of, you know, here's a box and here's a picture of the toy. And it's like, no, it's, you know, there's there's dramatic artwork and explosions and everything racing into battle or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's, very it's, nice. it's snake nice. eyes crouched and, and, and pointing and stuff like that. Yes. It's just... Very All nice. sorts of stuff like that, yeah. So, so Kevin's holding up some of his 25th yeah. action figure. He's got Snake Eyes. He's got Major Blood. Yeah, yeah. these are that. just really good looking. Um, like I, I noticed that the Snake Eyes one, the GI Joe has a kind of silver gloss finish on it, and the uh, um, the uh, Blood one does not. But they're beautiful looking reissues. Yes, they're very nice. It's I, I haven't been able to force myself to pull the Cobra Commander out of the package yet. I want to. But part of me that is like, no, I, I've got to keep it in there. It's very nice. And like I say, I've got the, at work on my computer, I've got a, a little statue of Spider-Man. I've got a Batman thing. And then I've got the Snake Eyes and Cobra Trooper, the little minifigures I was showing you. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted, wanted to mention, you know, the, even the original figures back, back then and even now were really well put together. Not so much the first line, the, right. the original one, the before they uh, went into the swivel arm line. But once they went to swivel arm, I think that really sort of unlocked the potential of the line. I think that's where people started to uh, uh, pay attention because this is a podcast. Nobody can see me holding up my, uh, let's see, my vintage uh, airborne. So yeah, for those at home, we're on, nice. we're on Skype talking. We got the Skype video yeah. up, so we're, we're showing each other our figures and Jared's in there. <laughs> They're showing them off. Yeah. I, uh, I've half a mind to try to figure out how to carry this whole laptop over to show you. I've got a huge display case <laughs> oh, with all the figures, but I don't keep mine in box. I take them out. I've got, I think, every figure from that 25th anniversary line, but oh, they're all nice. they're all in the little standees, and yeah, yes, I, I'm that guy who takes them out. <laughs> I want to take mine out, but I also want to leave it in. I like it. <laughs> I got I like a couple of, like convention exclusives that I haven't taken out. Oh, just nice. so hard to find. Yeah, I'd like to take all mine out too. I think at some point it's just that I have a three and a half year old son and. Yeah. Once he gets into them, it's all over. So yeah, that's why you need the big case with a lock on it, like mine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. What I did is my oldest son moved back. We I've got a three bedroom house. 
uh, my oldest son had moved out. He got mad at me and moved out and later on realized that life's a little harder than he thought. So he wanted to move back in and didn't have room. So we built a little room in the garage for him. And then he, he moved out again, got us, he got a girlfriend and they moved in together. So once he moved out, this became Manland. So I'm still working on paying it together, but I've got a shelf here. <laughs> yeah, I've got a shelf here of my, some. Well, we lost audio, but that's a cool looking uh, shelf. Yeah. <laughs> there we are. I muted myself. I might fill Yeah, I've got my, we've got some of my books up there, my GI Joe stuff. And then my wife founded a yard sale. Yes. Yes. Go on. That Looking. big shelf there. Oh, yeah. And so she brought it home and painted it up, and I've stuck all my stuff on there. But yeah, I'm working on sure building it. Where's a framed copy of Hamilton versus Burrow Werewolf Tale? That should be framed on the wall somewhere. <laughs> I don't have a frame yet. It's. Uh, <laughs> I've got. Got to go into my birdcage here in the lining. And here. <laughs> in fact, yeah, I've got. Hey, there it is. Signed copy of Hamilton versus Burr. <laughs> the unmasking signed by Larry Hama. Cool. Again, thank you very much, Kevin. Yeah, that and looks good there, buddy. Where's the other one? Oh, here's. And then there's the first yeah. one that got me into the comics, signed again awesome. to Aaron Yojo, Larry Hama. I, I love that. Again, thank you very much. I've got them sitting here. I got to get some frames and get them hung up. But yeah, I've got them all three sitting here on the, right by my computer. I get some frames better than two Larry Hamas and a Jared Albrecht. That's that's what I like to see. <laughs> those are the only comics you need to have signed and framed and hung on the wall. There it's you go. Three. And then I've got my uh, Joys of Joe book around here, signed by Jim Beard and half a dozen other. Oh, there it is, Joey Joe. It's on the bookshelf that I got from uh, Darren Kohler from the the GI Joe Canada Facebook group. He got it. It's signed by. Jim Beard, Larry Hama, and a bunch of other people that worked on the show are the editors of the book and stuff. If you guys haven't read this yet, it's a very good book. I own that one, yeah. That's a good one. Joe. Yeah. Definitely, I myself, definitely recommend it. I met Jim at Dragon Con last year, and we chatted for a while and hung out, and I never picked up the book. <laughs> I was like, wait, I knew there was something I was supposed to do, but I'll catch him at another con, I'm certain. Yeah. And then you see it behind me. I've got my bookshelf with my graphic with my trade paperbacks on it. I got three GI Joe trade paperbacks. I've got the special first special missions, and I've recently picked up from In Stock Trades the uh, the GI Joe Field Manual, which is a really neat book. If you guys haven't seen it yet, it's got drawings and stuff from the TV show. And then I also picked up that issue twenty one, the Silence Interlude special they had. I finally broke down and bought that one also. That's a good one. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah, I was flipping through that. It's a really nice book. I finally broke down <laughs> picked those up here not too long ago. But yes, that, that's a brief look at my man cave. Still working on it. So yeah, I was going to see about, you know, what your guys' favorite parts of G.I. Joe. I think we kind of covered that already, too. Um, Let me ask you a question, Aaron. Yes, sir. Being the older one out of all of us, did you mm-hmm. ever get did you ever get to 12-inch shows, or...? No, strictly I, an 80s guy. No, strictly 80s guy. Yeah, I, again, 80s. Again, maybe it's because I'm a bit childish, but yeah, I prefer the I prefer the three and a quarter, the line of Joe's. Yeah, I, I didn't see much of the 12-inch, but yeah, I, I, mean, if I would have picked him up, I, or if I would have had the money and some, I might have picked him up, but yeah, I'm more into three and a quarter inch. Okay. 
So, do you guys have any other thoughts or anything? Uh, I want to I ask you guys something since I'm the, the costume dude here. Uh, one of the costumes, a couple of them that I'm looking at is I, I'm thinking of doing a Billy. Oh, like nice. like the one where he has, the, obviously, his eyes missing and, you know, he has his, his prosthetic leg. leg on. He's got, like, the katana and stuff like that. But I also like uh, Firefly. I was thinking of doing Firefly. What G.I. Joe character or Cobra character do you think I should do? Out of the ones you've mentioned, I would vote for Billy. Yeah. Uh, Billy is unique. Yeah. Firefly is my favorite villain, so I'm all in for that. But Billy is super unique. Like, you've never seen anybody cosplay that. I've never seen it. That's true. That is true. I I like Firefly. But, yeah, no. Yeah, Billy would be the, again, more unique. You don't see that. (laughs) He's a great character, too. I mean... What was the name of that singer? Was it Satin or something like that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Satin. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, is that your suggestion? You want to see? You want to yeah. see uh, Kevin dress up as satin? <laughs> well, I kind of do. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. But... Yeah. Get a couple of friends dressed up as snake eyes and shipwreck. Oh, no. remember, the... like, remember, like when they went undercover? Yeah. With satin and those those wild costumes. And yeah, so, like, yeah. Long... Get them dressed up in those costumes. <laughs> They're made of darkness, uh, miniseries guys. That's why it's so good. They broke. They got to do a little break dancing too. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but other ones you suggested. Yeah, I, I vote Billy. All right, all right. Hey, I, I I'd, I'd love too. to see a sweet firefly, but Billy's just so unique. You know? And and there's a lot of variations I think you can do with yeah. that look. You can have him, yeah. you know, in just street guys. You know, you, you can vary it from day to day if you didn't want to wear the same thing every day. But uh, you could give yourself the little uh, the clan tattoo, uh, the Ashrashagi clan tattoo on your arm as well. Nice, I like that. You still need to get one of your guys to do the Cobra Commander with the, the slit visor and the top that comes off shows the explosives. Yeah, a little, <laughs> a little, a little opening for your the yeah. straw for your coffee. Yeah, yeah, there's the slit visor and yeah, the, the drinking. You still need to get someone to do that. That'd, that'd be fun. <laughs> so, Brad, any final thoughts on the on this episode of Bravo Team? Uh, you know, I think that the, the only thing I wanted to add to it, uh, which I think is what. Made, made G.I. Joe as a toy line and an experience special is um, that uh, I guess how egalitarian it was in a way that uh, they, there was a range of toys and there was a range of accessories uh, but not everybody's parents could afford to buy them the flag or the headquarters or any of the really big expensive play sets or vehicles but they could probably afford to get the Ram uh, motorcycle or the jump jet pack and they could still afford a few of the figures, and that—that that was what, where the fun of it came. I think I was—I I was eight, I think, when the when I really started getting into the toys, and it was great because a bunch of my friends were into the toys as well, and we were all from different, I guess, income uh, backgrounds. So you know, some of us were quite well off. Some of us, you know, didn't have as much in the way of toys, but they all—we all had something, and it was something we kind of all, you know, we're meeting at someone at certain certain person's house, and I'm bringing this, you're bringing that. He's got that, and you'd kind of bring it all sort of together and uh, and and play with it. And uh, Star Wars kind of pioneered that a little, but I think G.I. Joe really kind of took the reins and kind of gave you a, a whole variety of toys that you could uh, that you could get, and you could play with. It didn't mean you were dropping, you know, at that time the, the then princely sum of twenty dollars on something like the <laughs> Sky Striker or whatever. If you only had ten dollars, you could still get a few cool things. So I think that's one of the things that made it kind of stand out from a lot of the other ones. That's right. Transformers were for rich kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I like the cartoon, but I never had any Transformer comics. Or any uh, Transformer toys. 
I think I had like three of them, and they were all bought secondhand because my parents saw those price tags and were like, "Nope, yo, Joe." Kevin, any final thoughts on this episode? I just say I appreciate you having me on. It's fun to always go back and talk about GI Joe, and um, it's it's interesting the different age range of GI Joe fans that I've met through the GI Joe Finest um, costume group. You know, uh, some born years after I was born that have found the love for GI Joe. I mean, people are rediscovering it every day now, and uh, I'm just really hoping that um, we get a good GI Joe movie out of this uh, Snake Eyes movie i'm kind of hoping it yeah. does what bumblebee has done for the transformer franchise it, it, sh- it shows you the nostalgia that people first fell in love with and so i, I hope they do uh, justice to uh, the snake eyes movie yes yeah, i still have seen bumblebee i need to watch that still but yeah i'm hoping snake eyes comes out really good i'm hoping hoping but <laughs> hoping but i, I enjoyed the last what was retaliation yeah, I enjoyed that. I thought that was a yeah. definite. Yeah, the last one wasn't bad. Like Cobra. But yeah, they, they embraced a little more of the comic book roots, I think, and, and went for the. I know I heard when the first one came out, we'll talk about this some other time, but I heard when the first one came out, they were trying to be more realistic and they didn't want it to be so goofy. That's why they didn't have Cobra Commander in the helmet or the the mask, but they went for the that bubblehead look, whatever the hell it was. It's... <sighs> Everybody calm down. Everybody, anyway, calm down. Jared, <laughs> Jared, Jared, any other? Let's move on to something pleasant. Any other thoughts on GI Joe in general? <laughs> the first time you've ever referred to me as something pleasant, man. That's great. Um, well, no, to no. Okay, I yeah. echo, echo, Kevin. I appreciate you putting this together, having us on. I love hearing other guys' origin stories, chatting with you guys. I look forward to coming across you guys at cons and whatnot. And uh, I just like this this group of fellows that shares this passion, man. I keep bringing new people on, and, and if I was smart, I would drop people as I bring new people on. But I enjoy talking to you guys. So that's why, you know. <laughs> Sounded like a pointed comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. I say, originally, I started with uh, Ryan and Kyle Benning, and they both had to drop out for Family Matters. <laughs> It's a rare condition this day and age To read any good news on the newspaper page Love and tradition of the grand design Some people say it's even harder to find Well then there must be some magic clue Inside these gentle walls Cause all I see is a tower of dreams Real love bursting out of every scene Not the TV show, them in their own personal life. <laughs> but, uh, but that's why I got Pat and Jared and Kevin and Brad in. I bring other people occasionally, but yeah, I, I like to bring other people in, but I, I don't get too big with this because, you know, again, we can only talk for so long before, you know, people say, stop talking to me, people. <laughs> I mean, episode 21 with what would we had seven people on was the biggest I've done so far. So <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, it was impressive. <laughs> But yeah, that was, it's, it's hard for me to let you guys, you know, pull someone else on and let you guys go because I enjoy talking with all you guys. Even Brad and his, his illogical comments about Zartan. But, uh. yeah, 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 that's the hill I'm dying on. Yeah, he was a cool but, uh, toy, though. Oh, yeah. He was a very cool toy. You know what, Brad? I've, I've, 
I'll say I've said it before and I'll say it again loud and proud. I don't like Duke. <laughs> so there. There, there we, we go. All have our, we all have our things. We all have our <laughs> least favorites. I, I like Duke, but I, I do realize there is usually a Duke contingent and a Flint contingent of fans. So Maybe that's the subject of the next episode of this. Maybe what Joe, what Joe, which, which is the Joe or Cobra you do not like. That's a, which Joe you like best, which Joe, Cobra you yeah, like. Most yeah. favorite, least favorite, and why. We've got our next episode of Bravo Team lined up. So, <laughs> until next time, like I say you can join us here. Uh, so I should have two G.I. Joe episodes a month. The main episode comes out the second week of the month, where we talk about the G.I. Joe comic book and the cartoon, uh, the American Hero comic book. And then this one should come out the fourth week of the month, if I do everything right, uh, where we talk about whatever I feel like talking about. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, thanks to all my listeners for listening. I appreciate you guys out there. Uh, definitely send us some feedback. Let us know what you think. You can email me at gijoe at headspeaks.com. Uh, Brad, if people want to hear more about you and, and get a hold of you, where can they and find out about why you think Arkham yeah. sucks. Well, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can visit my uh, official website, which is www.zartansucks.com. It's <laughs> um, no, my name. It's, it's bradabraham.com. That's where you can find me. And you know, like you can send me a message. You can yell at me about why Zartan is is cool and why I'm not. And I, I will promise to uh, respond in a timely and I, uh, open I fashion. To, I'm at the bridge that domain and point to your, your website. <laughs> <laughs> And Kevin, if people want to hear more about you and hear more from you, where can they find you on the interviews? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore Phoenix. And uh, you can also head on over to the Fandom Podcast Network, uh, where we have a bunch of great uh, podcasts over there. And the master feed is at fpnet.podbean.com. Very good. And finally, the Yard So Drawer Guy, if people want to get some of your artwork that I love. Or hear more about you and your your podcasts and whatever you're doing in real life. Where can they go? You can check me out at Yard Sale Artist Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can hit up my website, which is theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com, if you're interested in purchasing some of my wares. And of course, you can find me over at the Long Box Crusade Podcast Network, where we're doing all kinds of shows, or on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, if you're into James Bond. And as I said, you can find me here, right here on the Headcast Network. I've got four shows right now. Currently, maybe working on a fifth one. I've got my Head Speaks, which I talk about comics, TV, movies, whatever I find interesting that time. Currently, I'm finishing up my Armageddon 2001 crossover. Uh, then we've got G.I. Joe, a Royal American Headcast, which you're listening to right now. Then we have Task Force X, where I talk about the Suicide Squad and the Checkmate comics from the late 80s, early 90s. And then the fourth week of the month, I've got my Starman Manhunter show, where I talk about the Will Payton Starman and the Mark Shaw Manhunter. By the time this comes out, the Manhunter episode, I should be about done talking about Manhunter. I've reached the 24th issue of that one. I'm not sure what I'm going to do after that. If I'm just going to talk about Starman or talk about some other Manhunter books, I'm not quite sure where I'm going with that. And also, the fourth week, besides the Starman Manhunter show, I'm releasing the Bravo team. This is our second episode. Uh, again, where we talk about anything that out lies outside of the American, real American hero continuity or the cartoon from the 80s. It could be anything we talk about, whatever I come up with. Depends on it. could be something, like either the comics, movies, the other TV shows, or just like this time, just random thoughts about G.I. Joe in general. 
Uh, and again, like I say, definitely rate us over on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your, your podcast. Give us a rating. Uh, if, you, if you're outside the United States, send me a message and let me know because I have to do those, filter those separately because Apple Podcasts does what they're doing. Oh, <laughs> but And definitely yeah, leave me some feedback. Let me know how we're doing. I appreciate hearing from people. In fact, a quick funny story uh, I talked about before. Uh, the uh, Darren over on the G.I. Joe Canada collector's page. He sent me one of their G.I. Joe shirts, and I was wearing that yesterday. And I went to the store last night, and I still had it on. And this kid in line, uh, he looked like he's probably in his early 20s. He's like, oh, G.I. Joe collector? What's that? So I told him about the, you know, the Canada page, and I told him you know, that one of the guys sent me the shirt because I do a G.I. Joe podcast. He's like, oh, really? Yeah, my dad had a bunch of G.I. Joes. He wouldn't let me touch them. He's got them all in the package. He wouldn't let me touch them, so I didn't mess them up. But that's really interesting. So you going to check it out. But my like, that's very, you know, very interesting. The people you meet out there that you know you don't realize are Joe fans. Mm-hmm. So I just love hearing from Joe fans. Uh, if you're listening to this, write in. Let us know your origin story, and I'll read it on the air. I love hearing how people found GI Joe. As we said, I, I'm doing a podcast on, so I, I must love GI Joe. Uh, so let's what you guys think. But I guess I'll do it this time. Until next month, uh, this is Bravo Team dismissed. Joe Joe. Joe. for listening to Bravo Team, a supplementary G.I. Joe, a real American head cast show. Be sure to check out our main show, the second Tuesday of the month, G.I. Joe, a real American head cast, where I talk about the G.I. Joe, a real American hero comic book series written by Larry Hama and the G.I. Joe cartoon from the 80s. Be sure to like us on Facebook, check out our Facebook page. Just search for G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, under both Facebook and over on Twitter. Uh, We're also over on Google+. Be sure to rate us and to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And be sure to write in and let us know how we're doing. We love hearing from fans. You can write to us at bravoteam at headspeaks.com. You can also send an MP3 file in, and we'll play that on the air. You can send that to bravoteam at headspeaks.com. And be sure to check out my other great shows on the Headcast Network, Headspeaks, Task Force X, and the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, plus possibly more in the future. Also, be sure to check out the podcasts of my co-hosts. They have some great shows. And if you want to appear on this show... Definitely let me know. I'm always up to speaking to new people. You can send me a Facebook message or you can send us an email to bravoteam at headspeaks.com. Be sure to check out our website. The main site is at headspeaks.com, but you can check out the website for this show at gijoe.headspeaks.com. Be sure to join us here monthly for another great podcast. Until next time, Joe's dismissed. <laughs>